Look at us now, all over the Marvel Universe this week. What started as just X-Men has expanded so much further. Welcome to the X-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Judgmental Justin! You're just gonna be judgmental the whole Judgment Day? It's coming in and out. I feel like it's it's a flavor that sometimes I need to put on where there's extra judgment happening. And today there was a lot of judgment, (laughs) a lot of quick judgment, a lot of good judgment, reserves judgment. A lot of judgment. Yeah. The face that you made reserves judgment. Hey, give us a rundown of what's going on today. All right. Well, we're talking about our Infinity comic, X-Men Unlimited, number 52. Oh, my God. I knew the number. I was ready to say it and pursed my lips. Midnight Suns, number one. X-Men 92, House of 92, number five. The Amazing Spider-Man, number nine. X-Men Red, Judgment Day, but X-Men Red, number six. And Judgment Day, number four. Honestly, it's it's a monster of a list. It's for, a bunch of stuff. There's, there's a couple of things that we'll go a little high level on. Okay. Maybe. 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 But first... The news. That was a news sound. I feel like it was more like a carnival sound with news undertones. Yeah. I feel like the news sound is bringing out new joy for me. It's just like, I know that I'm going to put it here and I'm going to want to hear myself making funky noises when I put it underneath in editing. What do we got for news, my friend? Okay. Your friend? I'm sorry. Your friend? My husband, my lover. <laughs> I don't want that. Well, it's too bad. You have to have it. <laughs> it's all going on the podcast. <laughs> December solicits. That's what's newsworthy oh. today. The full lineup of covers, details, reveals. I don't even didn't even see nor do I care about any other cover other than Immortal X-Men number 9. I mean, that's the big one that stuck out to me as well. Because it was just so beautiful, especially as Blonde China said, the fact that Kate has her own book, but we're excited to have her be featured in a book now. It's just that I'm excited to see Kate get back to kicking butt. Yeah, it's been a while. She's been missed entirely too long for being a starring member of a title. But we're not here to talk about that. Another... Two noteworthy things from the solicits. Mm-hmm. Beyond just the general, like, all right, this this guy's got new covers and some new details, and this guy over here has got some new stuff. X-Men Annual Number 1. Mm-hmm. A one-shot annual issue focusing on Firestar, written by Steve Fox. Steve Fox, a featured player in this week because of his role in X-Men Unlimited and X-Men 92. Okay, Firestar. We'll see. We shall. I was going back and forth with Steve on Facebook about being excited for where Firestar could go. And, you know, I, I admit I was salty at first. But now, you know, all right, I'm I'm softened enough to give her a chance to yeah, yeah. see what we can do and to actually do something. It doesn't really do any good in my mind to be upset about sure. it going forward because she's in the book. You can't do anything and about it. If you just if I go into the book every time with a bad taste in my mouth, I'm not going to enjoy it. It's kind of how I try to deal with Marauders. You know, Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. I try to go into every issue being like, this is the book. This is where it's at. 
you just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Another announcement. Uh-huh. There's a brood arc with X-Men adventurers in Captain Marvel coming in December. Oh, so another book to read. Yeah. <laughs> in the midst of... It, it's like they know that X-Men is the one that people are following. Yeah, like, or... that's what I was going to say. Are there like other titles or other heroes that are just like, aside from maybe Spider-Man? That are pulled into that are just other like, lines? Now we're going to go over here now. You want to read this one? We're going to go over here now. I feel like it's just the volume of potential X-Men characters. Right. Nobody on the cover for Captain Marvel, I believe, are any of your all right, Wolverine and Magic who are already doing their own crossover mm-hmm. nonsense or Don't your... call it nonsense. Carry on. <laughs> crossover tour, is that fine? It's great. It's great. I'm here for it. Well, speaking of Wolverine <laughs> and Magic, yes. we watched the Midnight Suns teaser trailer, a request from PJ yeah. to get some reactions on the looks of the characters. So this is the upcoming video game of these characters. I like that they all have uniformity. I would agree that I like the uniformity, but also at the same time as I was watching, I was like, oh, I don't like it on Spider-Man. Uh, oh, uh, I did like it on Spider-Man. I'm not crazy about it on Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch was the one that I was mm, but also, not hey, in love with. But I also didn't like Magic's look as much. Oh, really? I thought Magic's look was the answer to everyone saying that her current look looked too much like a training outfit. Yeah, I guess, because it's got that still, that black and gold vibe. And, but it's got so much more it's than... It's more demon-y. Yeah. I think it was maybe the head piece that I didn't love. Sure. Well, when you got to fight demons, you got to get demon. Yeah. But also hers was the one I think I saw like you got the least look at. Yeah, because I don't even think they said her name. Yeah. No, they they did. Did they not? We'd have to watch it again. But I did like the uniformity of it all. And I feel like black and gold is a really powerful color combination. And with the with the words midnight sun, you yeah. know, black for the midnight, gold sun. for the sun. So, overall, I I thought it was cool. Yeah, I'm here for it. I I'm think. not gonna play the video game because it's just not. That's just not me. I'm gonna get you. I have a video game in my back pocket that's not Mario Party. So watch out. Is it the Harry Potter one? It's the Harry Potter game, and I know you're gonna get into it. You don't know any. It's RPG Harry Potter game. I know you. You're going to get into this. We'll find out whenever you buy it. <laughs> Scarlet Witch series incoming. Oh, a solo. I don't oh. know if we're going to pick it up. I don't know if that's part of the pod, but those are two different statements. Yeah, that's why there was pause in between. Steve Orlando is writing. Okay. And Russell Dodderman did the cover. I can't remember yes. who did oh the interior or who Sign is doing the up. interior art. But Russell, stop that. <laughs> why his art is so beautiful. He makes every every woman look like someone I want to be. <laughs> sure, that's that's a good point. Every single one. We had a poll. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on the results? Who was the winner? We had three entrants in the poll. Judgment Day 4, X-Men Red 6, Amazing Spider-Man 9. X-Men Red. How clear? Clear. Clear, clear. as day. Crystal. Six, 64%. That's right. Two-thirds. Judgment Day 4 with 31% and Spider-Man squeaking in with 5%. I thought Ooh. that was a decent showing for a non-X-Men book. You know, he's, yeah. he's brought in. I, I am 
curious to know how many X-Men fans bought this issue because of the fact that it was a Hellfire Gala tie-in. And if and this Wolverine was, was there. Yeah, if this was your first Amazing Spider-Man issue of this current run. What were your thoughts? Let us know in any of the comments or just messages. Yeah. We got two general questions, not specifically tied to a book. Okay. And and some actually not questions. Oh. Hot Claws with Hot a claw. general call that maybe it's time for the student to surpass the teacher. Alicia reads the series and relays it to Justin. Yes, we've, I'm here for this. We've kicked this idea around a couple times, actually, and we just got to find the right series and the right time to we do it. We found it because I already know. Is it Midnight Suns? It's Midnight Suns. Let's go. I have no problem with that. I love Midnight Suns. I can't wait to talk about it. I am lukewarm on Midnight Suns as we talk about it a little beforehand. And Talia1026 loves the pod. Thank you for that. And she's letting us know that the other two issues of Miss Marvel feature a character relevant to the Krakoan era. And we might find interesting. Both were very fun. Okay, then. I guess we gotta get those somehow. Somehow, like, maybe we'll wait a little bit longer and they'll be on Marvel Unlimited for freezies. Okay. I just, we're expanding more and more and I'm spending more and more in the comic shop. It's less about money and more just like, where are we keeping all these comics? I don't know. Why don't you tell me where we're keeping redaction? Wolverine figures. Redaction. <laughs> and that was not supposed to be revealed. I was gonna do a thing about it. Sorry. I'm going to bleep it out. <laughs> the number? Yes. <laughs> How many Wolverine figures does Justin have? How many Wolverine figures are too many Wolverine figures? Because apparently that's also how many Justin has. It's not that it's too many. It's just... A lot. We have to have, you know, a balance. We could ask that question about anything, you know? Like, how many pairs of superhero boots does Alicia need? Mm -hmm. Many in every color, you know? You want to talk about Marvel Unlimited? All right, let's talk about it. X-Men Unlimited, number 52. X-Men Unlimited. We've got our drinking buds on the top. Steve Fox did confirm that this is a mocktail in Siren's hand. Jonathan Loves X-Men had posted about it on Twitter asking because of her character history with alcohol. Oh, yeah, interesting. I thought that was an interesting, and, and Steve actually responded to it and confirmed that this was an intentional choice for it to be a mocktail. Interesting. Well, here's the scope of this story. Siren and Micromax see Gorgon going on a little stumble trip through the party. Watch out for doom. And uh, we get to see some of the Hellfire looks that I wish we had seen more of. We still. Such as doom. And we saw the back of Black Widow. Which is the only part of her outfit that we've seen so far. We've never actually seen the front of it in comics. In comics. Yeah. The Hydra. We get to see a little bit more of Rogue's outfit, which I didn't love, so that's fine. The Hydra history with Captain America and Captain America, I guess. Yeah. Sam and Sam, and they're like, hey, isn't that that guy? Yeah, yeah well, you know, yeah. it's weird. Another team of reluctant handlers of this X-Men situation. It's like, yeah, we got this. Yeah. Even though we don't really want to. Basically, it just gave us the glimpse of how those three made their way out onto the beach. Right, right. Which was fun and, and witty and, and... And also loaded Gorgon with a power overload, right? Yeah. So now his powers are affecting anything that he sees, not just making eye contact with someone. Yeah, so I thought it was a fun little catch-up to get us to how did we all get together. 
Um, I would imagine that next issue is going to be this version, but with M and Avalanche. Mm. And Which then is cool. The last two, I believe, is what we'll have will be our our exchange with the Nazi ski team. They're snakes, Justin. The Nazi snake tea team. They're they're snake Nazis. Okay. They're just snakes. They're just fake. Snakes. Written by Steve Fox, art by Alan Robinson, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters Joe Sabino. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's VCs, Joe Sabino. Oh, is it? It is. Let's talk about Midnight Suns. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about Midnight Suns. I'm so excited. I like this cover a lot. Oh, I love the cover. David Nakayama can do no wrong in my eyes. Mm-hmm. The cover is great. I love these epic battle faces. I'm ready. Okay. Page Let's turn do it. noise. Page turn noise. Rise of the suns. First of all, let's just get excited that Agatha Harkness is in this. Yeah, okay? that was a surprise. Let's just get excited. I wasn't I didn't know that. that. She wasn't on the cover. She is connected to Strange Academy, but. Yeah, which is another title that I was like, uh-oh. Do I have to start reading Strange Academy? Any hoodle. Hit me with that creative team. Written by Ethan Sachs, art by Luigi Zagaria, color art Antonio Fabella, letters. Hey, it's Joe Sabino it's again. VCs. It's our friend Joe Sabino. Joseph Sabino. GC. VC. <laughs> oh, dang. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Anyway, we're digging in. The Vapors of Valtor. Something's going on. This girl is magical a witch evil she's got she's definitely some evil. kind of history she's summoning this dark force and she's about to die so she's gonna summon a dark force and then cut to strange academy this is your not first time because i think you accidentally read strange accidentally academy accidentally read one strange academy what were your thoughts on seeing the the school seeing the characters involved I love it. Are you kidding me? There's a student who's a zombie. There's a student who's a demon from limbo. Magic is a teacher. Agatha Harkness is yelling at people not to run in the hallways. Like, what? And Blade is a guest star. Yeah. Coming in with lessons. And of... we're learning how to fight vampires. Like, right. This is, this is I, comic book Harry Potter. I have said it several times. It's like Harry Potter and... The original concept of X-Men with the school had a brainchild. It's amazing. I've tried to get you to read it a couple times. Well, you know. All I needed to do was wait for a crossover where here we go. Wolverine and Magic were on the cover. Don't really care about Wolverine being in it more so oh. than Magic. Wolverine's in everything. Anyway, I also just like the way that Magic is yelling at the students to pay attention Was we're learning. Basically, we've got we've got a girl who's a zombie, but she doesn't really know. She doesn't really want everybody to know she's a zombie. We're in class. We're learning about vampires. Magic does a little to to bring in some darkness and some demons so we can really immerse ourselves in the lesson. We get out the lesson, and then all of a sudden, boom, vision. Demonic vision that takes over literally everyone around them and people much further. This vision is crazy. There's demons everywhere and everyone's fighting. All the team is here. We're not, we don't seem like we're holding up well. And I got to say one thing that kind of was disappointing to me is we get this 
second look at the vision a little bit later and when you go back to this image you can't see that detail in this image you can't zoom in on the watch and see the countdown because it's just black oh on nico's watch yeah. yeah but i really like the layout of this vision and these demons evil demons are pretty cool i'm super into the way the zombie looks it's not like any zombie I've ever seen before. Well, this seems like the Lord of the Zombies in some way. Yeah, they because are they have a similar tooth structure situation. And then we find out, you know, she's involved in some way. Zoe is her name? Yeah, she's involved in some way. We don't know how. She wakes up, has no idea. No idea everyone else has seen this vision. Wipe all life away? I, I don't understand. Wait, what? why did everybody hear what was in my thoughts? And now everyone's afraid of her, which I feel like y'all go to a school for yeah, magic. It's, it should be pretty run of the mill at this point. And you should at least like take a step back and be like, let's discuss this. Not you are immediately shunned and I am terrified of you. And now I think you're straight up evil now. That zombie lady is the devil. But there's a little chat in the teacher's lounge about what to do next. And then off to California. Magic's just going to pop a portal, be back, and then boom, we're in California. And we've got ghost riders. Spirit rider. One's a ghost rider, one's a spirit rider, or they're both spirit riders? His name is Spirit Rider, and he is... He says Kushala. it later. Yeah. And then Madripoor. To recruit the Grumble Gus. Who was sort of in the middle of what looks like an aim battle. Yeah. But this is more important. And then we go all over the Marvel Universe, reaching out to the big magic users. We got Clea, Wong, Agatha Harkness, and Doom, all seemingly going to be involved with this story because they felt what the vision was. The way Agatha says, not again, excites me. Because it just makes me feel like there's going to be Something epic to this story. Secrets revealed of a past experience. Mm-hmm. Well, especially the way that she takes charge later on. But before we get to that, there's a battle that breaks out in the school. Well, now we must, you know, go after Zoe because she had this vision and we can't trust her. Yeah, she looks crazy. She's a demon. So she's trying to run away. She gets thwarted because, boom, magic and Wolverine appear. Some no-name rips her... Th- necklace off and once the amulet's gone she's full zombie revealing her true self mm-hmm. as the vapors of valtor come in to the school and then we realize yeah she's involved but it's because these folks are after her right they want her for something they want her to incite an epic battle mm, let's go I like this battle. I want to know more about Nico. Who is she? What's going on there? What are her powers? Magic what does user. her staff do? Focuses her magic. Why is it gone? I don't know that. <laughs> I like the um, little quip with Wolverine here where he's like, I can't, I can't hurt them. They're like, it's like they're not there. They're ghosts. But they seem to solidify when they want to punch you in the face. Right. In comes the spirit rider. Even our demon is trying to fight. Right. Desi. 
And I do like that we find out or that I find out in this moment that Desi and Zoe are together. Mm -hmm. It seems. Don't take my girlfriend. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on this drop-in shot? It's fine. This battle shot. Honestly, when I saw it, all I could think of was the cover Mm -hmm. and how much more epic the cover was. Mm -hmm. This is fine. It's just how spaced out they are, you know, in terms of really utilizing the frame. I feel like Nico, Spirit Rider, and Wolverine look nice and layered, but Blade and Magic are kind of floating in the distance Mm -hmm. above them um, and just making use of action lines all over. Yes. Could have been a little tighter, a little bigger. And then we've got Agatha coming to just scoop Zoe away, encompass her in her cape. Where are they going? I don't know. Do I want to know? Yes. Of course. And Wolverine sniffing it up. Sniffing the fact that she's not there anymore. Finding clues, Blade checking out the different licenses and identifying our people as the team reconvenes. And So here's what I got from this and I want to know if it's accurate what you got out of it are these shadow monsters actually in the bodies of other people and that's who these people whose IDs they're checking out are like where did these people come from are these monsters sort of possessing them yeah the whole misty mummy thing it seemed as though that they were possessed brought them into the school I don't know if because the the mist zombie creatures come in through the door. So is that how they took them over and then brought their bodies as their physical forms to be able to yeah, join this fight? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because then why else would they not know who these people are? Because everybody else was already in the school. We question. We get details. But then what we get most of all is doom. Dun, dun, dun. Well, we've got this countdown to something, and it's a countdown to doom. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, it definitely it's a countdown to lowercase doom as we get capitalized doom coming in on our last page splash. Next. And he wants the girl, too. So does he want the girl to stop what's happening, or is he involved? He's in what's doing happening? whatever he wants to do because he's Doom, and that's what he does. Doom gonna do what Doom gonna do. Yeah, he's not there to help the team, he's <laughs> against them, especially seeing as next the Midnight Suns are doomed. Dun, dun, dun. Big picture. I feel like I know it. You know it. I love it. I Why? Love it. What'd you love about it? I am excited by the story. I love this kind of stuff. I like zombies and magic and demons and I don't know, just this whole realm of story. I'm super interested in it. The story made me excited, which is something I feel like I've been lacking in some of the other stories right now is anticipation, excitement, trying to figure out what's going on, interest in the types of characters like, this is a story that I feel like I can really get into. Hmm. I don't, I had said to Justin after I read the issues, did you already put the rest of Midnight Suns on your pull list? And he said, no. And I said, well, can you? I'm so ready to read this. I am happy to be the one to, to, to lead the discussion on Midnight Suns. I am here for it. Is it going to be a mini? Yeah, it's five issues. Five issues. Okay, I can easily do four more issues. Yeah. What did you think? 
I thought it was fine. Uh, I, and I don't want to burst your bubble or, or tr- detract from your excitement. I just, I you think, can't. You, you, sure, <laughs> but I don't want to be a negative is what I'm saying mm-hmm. to your positive. I, I just thought it was a lot of setup and a lot more Strange Academy influence than Krakoa, which is fine. It's all right, but not really what I'm here for. Not really what I'm looking for in my comics. Uh, I, I like dabbling into the magic side of things. It also feels like a, a cool team and a different team. I just really didn't think that we got a lot from the characters. Just it was more the plot of the setup, which is good because it's the first issue. We need to set that up. The one thing that stuck out to me was just the assemblage of the the team. The fact that Wolverine and Kushala were way out off and they were like, oh, yeah, no, we need you as part of this. I, mm-hmm. I, what's a way that you could have had them at the school or I don't know. Oh, I, you didn't like that. I did not like that, that they were just like, oh, yeah, we also need these two guys. Oh, interesting. I did like that. Why? I because I felt like to me it made the the story feel more epic. It made the call for like the need to save this situation feel more epic that we it kind of gave me end game the Doctor Strange portals open up and we have suddenly other assistants like we are here at this school. We all saw this vision. People saw the other people saw this vision all over the place. This is bigger than we think it is. Let's gear up and get ready to do something about it. Hmm. There you go. It's such an epic, you know, foe that we need to call on more power, more power to help us. They were called in by the foe, mm-hmm. the vapors, the vapors. Other than the mutants, who are your most interesting characters on the team? Who do you want to know more about? Um, Nico and honestly Zoe. I'm I'm interested in Zoe and what's going on with her because I feel like whoever this person is in the beginning, I feel like they have to have some connection to her because why did their call then make these monsters seek her out? What does she, what is her relationship to them? That's mm. interesting to me. Yeah. Does this, and I think I know the answer, make you want to read Strange Academy? Yes. I have it. Great. I've collected it. I stopped Excellent. reading it about halfway through, but it was good. I enjoyed it. It just got overwhelmed with other stuff. And- yeah, so much going on. Talia 1026 made me laugh with this one, but she wants to know what exactly the parent-teacher conferences between Magic and Desi's dad look like. <laughs> Do you know who Desi's dad is? Is it um, is it Sim? It's Sim. Like that's got to be awkward for everyone, right? Yeah, for sure. Especially now after the labors of Magic and the intended uprising. I wonder where th- this has to take place after that with the new costume. I, I kind of feel like it gives you this moment, too, though, of saying Magic understands that Sim is her father, but she is not Sim. Oh, no. She definitely you doesn't know? take it out on the, the child. I think no. the question is more what that interaction is at the school when Sim has to go and get the progress report for Desi. I think someone else does. <laughs> I, I would hope because <laughs> Magic's Magic, like, I can't. Well, and at the same time, she has nothing to fear from him. She is just this boss in the interaction. And honestly, I kind of want to see it now. Yeah, let's get it in there. In the Strange Academy issues. X-Men 92. All right, X-Men 92. House of 92. 
Jubilee Rock and Full Moira status. It's a very Moira reminiscent cover. Inferno. Mm-hmm. Ready? Mm. Here we go. Page turn noise. Hey, it's a title page. X-Men 92. House of 92. Written by Steve Fox. Art by Salva Espian. Colors by Israel Silva. Letters... Joe Sabino again? VCs, Joe Sabino. Joe Sabino, you are everywhere, Mr. VCs. Mr. VCs? That's disrespectful. Uh, Mr. Sabino is his name. Joseph. Mr. VCs, Joe Sabino. Asteroid X with Queen Storm. I'm glad that this day is true, but seems to be without the Great Ring. Mm-hmm. Right? We don't have any Iraqi influence at this meeting, but a solid entourage flanking her. Sunder, Shard, Doug, and Warlock. Into it. Doug is in a costume that you probably don't recognize No, I didn't know who any of those people were except for Warlock. Yeah. Sunder is an original Morlock, and Shard is Bishop's sister from the future who was technically never actually alive here, just a hologram representation of her. Ah, interesting. And what is this uh, cypher costume? What's Doug got going on? That's his graduation uniform. Oh, okay. Well, the Shi'ar have arrived. The Shi'ar have arrived, and so has Nimrod. Oh, snap. Coming through the wall, punching his way with the Trask head floating in his center. I feel like Arnim Zola is going to get upset by (laughs) someone biting his look. Yeah, it's true. The Nimrod attack as he just destroys the entourage. And Storm, please... For the X-Men team, I love this panel, this full page. The mall coming on in. Oh, yeah. Not if the X-Men have anything to say about it. Mm-hmm. That felt very classic X-Men comic. This is Saturday me. morning cartoons right here. Mm-hmm. But even just the way in the word bubble, the X-Men logo the is The way there. that it pops out, yeah. yeah. This is I uh, just... The visual style and ridiculousness of this data page wins my heart. These data pages have been some of my favorite ways to get more information in a nostalgic, quippy little way. Like a setup wizard. At first, when you see a setup wizard, you don't want anything to do with that. No, like, oh, click through it all. I don't care about this. Give me that upgrade. And I love the, um, The background of this page, Mm. the subtle Nimrod silhouettes in the background. You know what I don't love? What? The fact that the X-Men and Asteroid X have fallen. Destroyed. This feels odd. The the reaction from Xavier and Magneto seemingly not knowing Nimrod, even though Nimrod should have appeared in the comics. So I, I think that this is really... 92 like Mm -hmm. it's just solely influenced by the cartoon and has no other influences of the continuity at this point right that makes sense as beast reveals his pet project so who is this the chimera of looks like we got some rogue some cyclops some apocalypse some colossus some magneto some mystique oh the leg yeah gambit Omega Red, Wolverine. It's so many. It's so many. It's, it's almost obscene. It's too many. I feel like that's what everyone's reactions like the outrage from Omega Red and Mystique just at the fact that they've that he's created this. 
a storm repeatedly calling it an abomination or an, a terrible combination, man? Yeah, it's a lot. But Beast is like, listen. Hey, it's a lot, but it's necessary. I made it. It's here. It's all we've got. Kind of already activated it. So I didn't even really make it. It was Sinister's plan, and I just took it to the next level. He was being a baby about it. I mean, this Nimrod is just slicing mutants in half left and right. What other choice do we have? Not even the team up of Cortez and Cyclops can do anything about Nothing. Nimrod. Not even phased by it. Hmm. So ethical lapses aside, release the Chimera. And what I love about it is the only thing that the Chimera does that actually saves the day is pulls a Nightcrawler and bamps him to the sun. Well, it's a combination. I, I would say that the, the flight in, so I'm... I'm I would attribute a little bit of that to Rogue and Colossus, right? So mm -hmm. he's coming in with the flight and the strength to hit him. And then it's Nightcrawler and Lila Cheney for the long distance, mm -hmm. too, as Beast remarks that their combination. So I don't know, like, why do you need both? Is it just so that you don't have to go to, like, your house deep in space right, to then, then go. go to the sun? I mean, let me clarify just a little i didn't necessarily mean that he was only using nightcrawler's powers i meant like how nightcrawler did the whole bring the thing up into space to save the day situation oh uh, yes gotcha yeah but it's just even more proof that no matter how many mutant powers you have the mutant powers are not really essentially the thing that takes down the nimrod it's it's the sun and that doesn't even work Unfortunate for anyone who's trying to fight a Nimrod. Yeah. Dark Beast is cool with everything. Cloning, Krakoa's secrets, I know it all, and I'm into it. Let's do it. Charles calling out Beast. Is this foreshadowing of what we might get in the Krakoan era? Finally calling him out on his crap? Maybe. I hope so. On to the diary entries from Jubilee. It's really just, hey, I'm trapped. Um, we got Mojo TV. It's fine. Sinister is weirdly obsessed with Cyclops and there's a Halloween party and I'm jealous of everyone because I'm wasting away in this bunker. I wish I was there. Honestly, this this gives you a little insight as to how upset Moira must have been. Right. She was really upset to miss that Halloween party. And uh, surprise, everybody, in case you you didn't catch it, we've, we've got lots of secrets and Jubilee's alive and here's Sinister and... Sabretooth's here too, and look at this such a 90s diary that Jubilee has with a tiny little lock on it. <laughs> I love that that is how this 1,000-year-old woman is still keeping a diary, you know, really holding to the aesthetic of the look. It made me so happy. Do you, I had like 700 of those. I had one. The outside of it was fluffy and purple. The locks did nothing. Locked them every time. So many different diaries like that. It's like a 90s child's, you know, that's a staple. You got to keep your deep, dark secrets in there. Rogan Storm coming in with X-Men 92 quotes and stylings, trying to fight down Hank as Xavier lays it all on the line. All right, hey, here's the deal. Jubilee is the crazy Moira of this group, and maybe stop being such a jerk, beast. <laughs> Because he gets upset. Oh, ah, man, if I knew that she was so instrumental to the future, I wouldn't have done all those creepy things and tried to kill her. Yeah, just in case she died, I, I wouldn't want to reset my gloriousness. Right. I'm only alive because she's existing here. 
Oh, sorry, everybody. Nimrod's back. Oh, dang it. And he wants Wolverine. That's all he wants. Yeah, Get out of the why way. Why does he want Wolverine so bad? Because Wolverine killed Trask in issue one. That's oh. the only reason he wants. And I think something to do with Yuriko as well. Oh, man. Well, in an effort to save Jubilee, we have crushed her under the debris. She's dying. But wait, there's a glimmer of rebirth as Jean brings the power of the Dark Phoenix over and says, hey, you know, I can share this somehow. You can also become the Dark Phoenix or just the Phoenix Phoenix. Yeah. And then it'll just burn your memories. It's fine. You'll die, but we won't all, we won't really get reset except we do. Well, we get reset without any memories. There's no knowledge. So all of this kind of it almost brings us back to where we were without this. Right. Because it's never over. Right. And that's where we leave it. And that's the the moral of the story is that it keeps on going. No matter how many lives Moira has. This is a song that never ends. Yes, it goes on and on, my friends. You going to finish it? Nope. What? (laughs) I I know what it is. Lamb Chops Play Along. Some people... No, come on. I know it was. And they just kept on singing it forever just because it's a song. (laughs) You're so upset. It's going to be stuck in everybody's head now. Yep. You're welcome. Nope. Next. There is nothing next. It's the end. It's the end. What'd you think? I honestly didn't love the last issue. Mm. I thought parts of it were interesting. I thought the chimera, like the explosion of going hard into just like, we're going to have one chimera and it's going to be ridiculous. I thought that was interesting. But also the reveals that there are multiple chimeras stationed within world leader positions. Yes. I thought that was like, yes. hey, uh, well, how do we get more of that? I just, I think it was, it was more that I, what I liked about this was that it was like a fun, playful retelling of stuff that had already happened. And now we'd ventured into sort of this area of things that hadn't really happened. And it felt like there was a lot going on in this issue with we're going to wrap this story up and we're going to bring in Nimrod and the machines, which was the original threat. But we're also going to throw in what Beast is doing with the chimeras and then the Phoenix thing really threw me for sure. a loop. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that I didn't like it. It just didn't have the same fun, playful vibe I I liked in the other ones. Well, it had a lot of work to do. You yeah. know, th- there were a lot of things and it definitely made the work out for it. You know, it was like, oh, well, we have all these things going on. Let's introduce more things to solve it. It was sad to see it end. I actually mm. liked how it wrapped up into itself. It was all a unique twist on Krakoa and making it fit within the X-Men 92 mythos. So it almost it gives it a finality that means that you really can't return to this world, right. which is sad. But at the same time, it just it makes it feel complete. Right. And that in itself is satisfying to me. Right. To know that. I don't have to be like, oh, you just kind of left me hanging over there with X-Men 92. Or you just kept on going and going and going. Jonathan Hickman is like, thank you. (laughs) This is what I wanted. Yeah. This is where I wanted to go. Do you have a favorite 92 Krakoan change? Not really. I guess my favorite 92 Krakoan change is Dark Beast. That's mine. Yeah. 
Yeah, I feel like it's because of the fact that we've been dancing around it with X-Force and with what Beast is doing. And yeah. it feels almost on the nose without saying it. Right. That's the best part. Was this entire experiment to get us excited for X-Men 97? Because I'm here. I'm ready. I'm I'm waiting. Yeah, I think it was. But also, yeah, I think it was. Evan Factor is blown away that Jubilee was the ex-trader all along. I think it's delving into the Moira connection even further. It seems Jubilee was able to live all those lives and still keep it cool. I don't know that she really was the traitor. It's just she's set up to look like that way because mm. of the Moira story. Yeah, she was more the she, linchpin in the timeline. Right, she was an accomplice right. with the mutants the entire time. She never betrayed them. In yeah. fact, she saved them. Take notes, Moira. <laughs> Mike loves Mariah Carey said that the X-Men 92 is a retcon that I wanted for Moira. The Dark Phoenix change and bringing in the next level of the story. Dun, dun, dun. Remspringa's theory. Groundhog Day reset powers exist in every universe, but in a different person each time. Hmm. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. So they all have to hide for a turn and you get to see what it's like if Nightcrawler wasn't around anymore. <laughs> What it's like if Colossus wasn't around anymore. It just feels like Apocalypse is the is the person that it should be. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But he would not hide. No. That's the problem. He would be like, listen, I have the power. Yes. I know everything. Follow my lead. That's it. That's it. That's all. Except we got to talk about the amazing Spider-Man we, number nine. We get to talk about. I'm excited about the amazing Spider-Man number nine. I'm here for it. I, I am enjoying Spider-Man. I know mm -hmm. it's gotten a lot of flack. I feel like it's building. It's definitely keeping us dangling. I don't know how you feel. This is your first actual read of an issue. Mm -hmm. First actual Spider-Man comic, too, to point out. Yeah. You know Spider-Man from the movies. I did see the extended No Way Home cut. Yes. That was fun. I did not. No, that was a good time. 11 minutes of extra jokes and scenes and action. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. I like Spider-Man's energy a lot. And we're starting off right on the cover with, uh, should I be as scared as I am? More, bub. Like, that automatically sets me up for, this is going to be a good time. Yeah, it's quippy, it's fun, it's playful. That's Spider-Man, baby. So let's dive in. Page turn noise. Just the foolishness of him eating with his mask up like this and wolverine like oh you got my invitation as a prank because yeah. i wanted to see you wear this dumb costume i think the costume's cool yeah i do too i think the costume's cool i think this whole setup with this voiceover and oh, then i loved this mechanic yeah yeah the overarching like let's go through all your awkward interactions which honestly this is what i love about spider-man just the awkward situations him not knowing how to deal with regular human interaction this is this is what i find most relatable about spider-man less that i don't like i will go into a situation believing that I am fully confident to handle that situation and say something completely stupid or fumble over myself and just be like, what did I just say in public to a human being? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, awkwardness is cool. Own it. 
Warline pointed out that Sinister experimented on Spider-Man and knows well that he has web shooters. I'm always looking for an excuse and, and who knows, like maybe it was a sinister that didn't get backed up or it's definitely potentially a continuity oversight. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it doesn't distract me enough that I'm like, ah, I also don't know the story. Right. And I think it's a, still a funny. It's a funny question, right? To ask, where do your where do your webs come from? I mean, it's a pull from No Way Home, basically. Mm-hmm. Seeing this recap, seeing these interactions, the gates, the fact that Grey Crow is sent to follow Moira really refreshes you and and also not really fourth wall but i guess third wall breaks with acknowledgement that yeah you get it we're at the hellfire gallop right but this is also really great if you were only reading spider-man sure. and you never read the hellfire gala you get an idea of what spider-man's time at the gala was like and why we need it to set up this next part of the story mm-hmm. the cuckoo is looking like amazonian warriors mm-hmm it took me a second because I was like, is that what they wore? Are the cuckoos kind of? that muscular? No, they're not. I mean, that's maybe the only thing that I'll call out of the art because I, mm-hmm. I love the art otherwise. Yes. I think it's amazing. I honestly would love to see Patrick Gleason on more Spider-Man issues going yeah. forward. Like, I think they're not that muscly and... Or that tall. Their <laughs> hair should be shorter, right, and they should be shorter. But other than that, great. Wolverine coming through with the plan and Spider-Man's new suit. This suit debuted recently in the last couple of issues of the series and is a collab with Norman Osborn, of all people. Which is interesting, which I did, in fact, read in this little kind summary on the title page. Just called The Amazing Spider-Man. Written by Zeb Wells, art by Patrick Gleason, colors by Marcio Menez. Letters, Joe Caramagna. Oh, it's another VCs, Joe. Is Caramagna. that a family name? Is that just like who they are as a as a group? The VC Joes. Yeah, the VC, VC Joes. Joes. Moira's home. This was kind of interesting to me. The costumes and a little confusing. No, first of all, I love the smileys. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm all about those. What's confusing? Well, so. It's Moira, but it's really Mary Jane. That's what I'm saying. The costumes. The fact that she looks like Moira, but also is supposedly still MJ in the dress as she's breaking through. Yeah. It's sort of like this is the consciousness that's walking, but the actual body that's walking is Mary Jane in the dress. And I wonder if if there is any projection technology that's making her look one way or the other because she's not actually moira it's just the consciousness right it's Mm -hmm. just the programming of moira loaded into the hand necklace which i don't think i fully understood in the hellfire it was not explained i thought it was more like she was controlling her but essentially her entire consciousness is in that necklace which makes it the stakes of the necklace so much higher right It, it doesn't actually go anywhere with that but it plays up that she could have died if they were able to destroy that hand right shout out to mary jane fighting through moira's control yeah i was just confused about who was who and and then especially seeing mary jane in the dress in this panel as gray crow's sneaking in on the side Mm-hmm. i like how gateway is having none of spider-man's business you don't like the quips not he's here for not, the quips he's not here for the jokes no I'm here to meditate and get you from point A to point B. I mean, Don't sass me. Gateway also just doesn't talk. He's, he's just He doesn't talk. That's just who he is. Mm-hmm. Wolverine is very aware of that. He's got a plan and he's knowing how to work and with his people. And it makes he makes a good point. 
you know? Obviously, there's going to be guards at this gate, so... I've done Krakoan gate travel. I know when the henchmen are held up outside the other side. I've had my body ripped in half before because of this. Yes. And needed Forge to scrunch it together. Yeah, that's the noise. Scrunch. Yep. This is the drop-in shot of the week. This is your favorite Come on. Look at it. It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's action-packed. I think another thing I really like about Spider-Man and... And it's something that I have come to know about comic Spider-Man because of the art that we purchase is the acrobatics that Spider-Man does. Yeah. You know, the shapes that he gets his body into. I honestly feel like that's a really big connection between why I love Spider-Man so much and why I love Nightcrawler so much Mm. because they are similar in that sense of agility and movability. Mm Mm-hmm. They're here to take down these, yeah, these they got, robot henchmen. They got fight banter as they go ham on the robots because they can take it. We can do it. But we're not murdering them because it'll make Spidey sad. Mm-hmm. The other thing I really love is the way that artists can show so much emotion for Spider-Man just through the shape oh, of his yeah, eyes. The eyes, yeah. It's Especially really cool. in this costume, too, because of the technology upgrades in his eyes and how... Mm. You see it so much more, I feel like, in their movability. Just this anger of being like, I'm tired of waiting. Why are you always telling me to wait? Because I got long game schemes. I need to save Mary Jane. I've got this little flashback. I like this element that they're doing with it. The the faded scenes from the gala before when Wolverine's able to talk to MJ through the cuckoos. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's a cool combination of not only is it a flashback, but also it's more just a telepathic moment. So mm. it's not an embodied real life thing. And then we have the floating heads. But Greco's got a location. Yeah. The promises of freedom from a supervillain. Oh, hi, it's Greco. <laughs> yeah, freedom. Freedom from life. Because I'm going to kill you. Yo, not oh. even cool, Moira. That's Unnecessary rude, rude roughness. twist. That was a sports reference. Nice. Runner up for drop-in shot of the week? Maybe not. I just like the mutant and guns line mm. as he's coming in. I bet Zeb is super excited to have Grey Crow back in his book. Mm. I mean, I liked it. I thought it was great. And uh, Wolverine's just coming up through the floor. Yeah. Uh, made you look. <laughs> Grey Crow with his healing factor. Letting you know that he was just playing Mutant Possum the whole time. And it was a distraction for the claws to pop through the ground. As Spidey comes in with the EMP going off, flipping out. He got you, MJ. I, I really do love seeing the new suit's gadgets. I don't know if you notice this on the next side. The spider bombs with all these little spiders crawling into their eyeballs. Mm, my gosh, that's crazy. It's so detailed and disgusting. That's super gross. And I like that his little spider drone situation is just in the shadows. I like the shadow fights happening. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, it's not really a time for a sentimental moment. Right, Wolverine? Right. It's not. And here's the thing. So the necklace was a hand the mm-hmm. whole time. Yes. It doesn't look quite like a hand as it is a necklace. It doesn't look quite so mechanical on her neck. But. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's. Part of the, maybe it was stylized. She seems to have full control over how things look Mm. in her body, especially when she reunites later on and and fully spikes out. Yeah, she looks crazy. 
the terrifying attack mode. She's going at them. I, I legit thought that she was about to stab Spider-Man here. Yeah, it's a little scary. But she stabbed Wolverine instead. Well, that's fine. He can heal. Yeah. Saving the day the best way he knows how. Just throwing his body into danger. As we get round two on Electro Strategy, Spider-Man throws the EMP and Moira picks up a goon to make sure that- Sacrifice yourself for me. It's fine. This is what you wanted when you signed up. And I gotta go. (laughs) Okay, bye. But also Judgment Day is coming, boyos. See you later. See you in the Judgment Day books. As we're getting our goodbyes and coffee exchange. No, this was rough. This was rough. And this last- panel just the oh, stark yeah. whiteness of it all with the it just hits. their shadows it really makes you feel something yeah you we, know it just we, has that empty sad feeling to it we still know absolutely nothing about what peter did and the mystery driving this distance between them also the questionable age of mj's new daughter with paul who is this character that i don't know otherwise i also you know this is the first time i'm getting back into spider-man mm-hmm. so i gotta let that go yeah. But it seems to be a general consensus that what's going on? What is this? How did this happen? Right. Next, Judgment Day. Gwen Stacy back from the grave for some extra judginess. Dun, dun, dun. What'd you think? I very much enjoyed it, but I will say that because of the Moira storyline, it didn't feel any different than a regular Krakoan comic to me. Like, the elements of spider maniness, you know, the awkwardness, the uh, little jokes, and all of that. Yes, I guess that's that's specifically true to Spider-Man, but this could have easily been a Wolverine issue to me, and it would have made just as much sense. Sure. So it didn't feel unfamiliar, and that so it didn't... I didn't have any feelings of like, oh my God, I have no idea what's going on. I feel so lost and confused here. Right, so it sounds like it's a good thing. Right, I I didn't get that. But um, I would agree that it did not feel like a Spider-Man issue. It felt like a Spider-Man and the X-Men issue. It Mm -hmm. felt like a team-up issue where he was definitely driving the narrative with his reflections on his experience and his connection to Mary Jane, but also Wolverine with the tactics. They split the focus really well. Yes, I was a big fan of this issue. The art was spectacular. Oh, yeah. Patrick Gleason can guest on Spider-Man anytime in my mind. It was a straightforward rescue mission plot. Not really much else added in other than the tension between Peter and MJ that we've seen in this title for a little while. Get the jokes. You get the Hellfire fashion. Dope action. Big fan. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Warlion thinks that Wells is better on X-Comics than he is on Spidey, but Patrick Gleason's art rocks. And we were talking about some of the inconsistencies between Spidey's continuity and he's also missing the dynamic between Spider-Man and the X-Men, especially Jean and Rachel, which are now erased from everyone's memory because of the One More Day storyline. Oh, interesting. And I I would say, you know, just to comment on the better on X-Men than on Spider-Man, I feel like X-Men are almost easier, especially to be able to take a handful of this giant grouping of people and do whatever you want versus trying to build from essentially scratch new mystery and intrigue and storylines from a singular focal character, Mm -hmm. right? Hellions 
most of those characters weren't on the map for anyone for a while. Right. So you could do anything you want. And you have so many main characters that you can interweave their interactions. Right. You can it doesn't say, have to be one focus the whole time. Right. It's not just... And, and honestly, I think what I've really enjoyed from this run of Spider-Man was the focus on the villains that we've seen. Mm. So the first arc was really a tombstone story that Spider-Man was intervening with. And then even the last two issues was a vulture story in the sense. And it seems like after Judgment Day, we're getting a Hobgoblin story. Well, that's cool. Right. Because those are essentially Spidey's supporting cast, right? You have these other guys that are his villains. He doesn't really, you know, he sometimes hangs out with the Black Cat or Human Torch, but he's a solo guy. Well, I think it's difficult to when you have a character who is a singular focus of a book, it's really easy for people to have you know, their version of that character. Like, sure. I feel that same way with Kate, and she's not even a singular focus of a book, you know? And I'm like, oh, but I don't feel like she's my Kate. So mm-hmm. maybe there's that feeling of, like, I don't feel like this is my Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. But I think from this issue, I feel like I would enjoy reading Spider-Man. Am I going to pick it up? No. I mean, you can. I have them. Yeah, but I'm going to read Midnight Suns and Strange Academy instead. All right. And then Spider-Man after. Maybe. And and maybe skip issue 900 because it was not great. <laughs> it does not help my argument of saying, you know, I, I was a little confused in the first, not confused. I was a little on the outs in the first couple of issues of this run. Mm-hmm. But I feel like every one since has gotten better except for that one. This one was not the best, I'd say, but it had a lot that I really enjoyed about it. Because it's, it is kind of a common statement that people aren't enjoying this run so far. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Alpha J0629 wants to know if Zeb Wells's ASM run should end after Dark Web. Oh. I don't well, know. What do you think? I just feel like, you know, I, I'm of the mind that the mystery is kind of dragging out. I wish we had a little bit more. But at the same time, like, that's a driver. And we're getting a little bit of the details with now this collaboration with Norman, all of this hints towards something really, really big rifting between Peter and MJ. I would like a little bit more context as to what happened. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I like what's been going. And it might just be because I miss reading Spider-Man comics. Yeah. And I'm so excited like to have them back. You're into it. Right. You haven't been reading it from the other writers. And it's the same way that I loved Ragnarok. Didn't really like Love and Thunder, but I give it a pass because of how great Ragnarok was. Mm-hmm. Hellion's an amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Analogous, right? Like I, I'm i not ready to throw it away because of how much I've loved other things that Zeb Wells has done. Yeah, I really like Zeb's stuff. And his new Mutants run was really great. Yeah. A.M. Friedrich is wondering if Moira's access to the Smileys means that Cameron Hodge could be an Orcus Petal. That would be cool. I think Ooh. I think he died... But Cameron Hodge never dies. That's never that, that's kind of his thing is yeah. that he always just You think he's dead, but he's not. Demon magic and robots. I feel like he has to be a part of their squad. Has to be. Because otherwise how can she use his robots? She can take over robots. All right, that's fair. His connection to the robotic side and how that might meld in with Omega Sentinel and Nimrod's plans. Hmm. Interesting. Is it time? It's time. For X-Men Red? Honestly, this this was my favorite book of the week, hands down, easily. 
and I'm sad that we're doing this before Judgment Day. Just I really enjoyed Judgment Day, don't get me wrong. I thought that was probably the best of the four issues of the main series so far. But this was just so good. This had so much to it. This was great. This is what I'll say before we go in. For the hour of Magneto, there was a lot of not Magneto. <laughs> but I still very much enjoyed the issue. The cover... Is super dope. Yeah. I like the layering. I like the colors. Oh, I love the colors. I think the colors are my favorite part. Yeah. Just the mists of pink and blue. I love it a lot. The cracked helmet. And with that, we give it a page turn noise. We want more Craig of NASA. <laughs> this was so great. And, and a really strong perspective to bring in of what's truly going on on Araco. Mm -hmm. The children, they're adorable. The Iraqi customs are amazing. Plus the humanizing of the people, their customs of fighting enemies, but not just anyone that shows up. And even this brief history of the prisons that we allude to. Like you got to imagine Earth has literally no knowledge of their story. Right. They didn't read Ten of Swords, and then Arako just left after they, you know, were getting upset about how many mutants there were. Right. So it makes sense that somebody's got to go do some investigating and some studying in a way that is not, "Hey, we're here to destroy you." In a way that is, "Hey, I'd like to learn about you, right, and yeah. understand you. I'd like to help." Insult, Craig of NASA. <laughs> I love it. I loved it. I thought it was so funny. And just like, we don't see many Iraqi children. And they right. do make a point to clarify as to why. Right. And it's dark. It's terrible. Uh, they didn't they survive, didn't the, survive prisons. the prisons. Oof. Okay. I mean, I get it. But that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. And Craig of NASA is like, okay, listen. I know I was supposed to stay here, but that thing is doing a lot of destruction. And I feel like I need to help you kids out. I got to fight, even though I'm just a human man, as you point out, yes, little girl. that I am weaponless indeed. Lulo doesn't sugarcoat it, Craig of NASA. She tells it like it is. I feel like that's the Iraqi way. Yeah. As we get table day with not so much a drop in, more of a float in, I'd say. Mm -hmm. No one fights alone in a challenge to all. Uh, the poetry of this attack as we see her teaming up with Sobinar and Laktuka. Let's just do it now. Let's just call out the beauty of the art in the book. Oh, yeah. Stefano Casali and Federico Blee are killing it on this book. Indeed, they are. I love every issue. So gorgeous. And to really dive into the destruction and fury, the ferocity in Storm's eyes as she brings down the lightning, the beginning strategy of a circuit with the other members, the fact that like this this becomes the theme of the book. Mm -hmm. This how can we learn from your ways of working together and playing off of each other's strengths and yeah. not take that as an insult and, and a call to us being weak. Right. Instead, it is how much more powerful we can all be together. 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 Hey, it's a title page. War Machines. The Hour of Magneto. Written by Al Ewing. Art by Stefano Casali. Colors by Federico Blee. Letters and production, Ariana Maher. This is Ariana Maher. Ariana and Clayton had spotlights on Marvel this week. Oh. Which I thought was really interesting. Really cool. That is cool. Get it, y'all. 
Laktuka's knowledge takes us on a tour de Araco. I, I just, I love the relationship building between these characters, the wisdom and comfort that we get from Sabunar. That's like, hey, uh, if you weren't here, you were somewhere else where you were needed. Mm-hmm. And the combo move now with Laktuka before it was with Sabunar to take down the machine, but the sharing of gifts and how it's otherwise unheard of. Storm seeing these updates all around Araco. So much has moved forward in this quick way that's super unique. Yes. I do like that we're experiencing what's happening for everybody through Storm entering their like consciousness, essentially, and experiencing it. Right. So she's, she can see it all from Laktuka. What I feel kind of conflicted about is the way that Iska's story is touched on. And for me, it's made to seem like it's not Iska's fault that she had to switch sides. I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that. I almost feel like I, I, I know we've, we've been questioning like how exactly her powers work and if she has any say in that sort of situation. But it feels like if she wanted them to win, she would stay on their side and they would have won. No, I don't think she has any control. I, at least that's what's being seated right. here. Is that? But I just it felt like an e- it it felt like it was made too easy for her to just be like we know Iska has to be on that side because because we knew Uranus was gonna take us down so it was, uh, it's okay yeah Richard Ryder taking on all the responsibility Fisher King so much history so much revealed this oh, unknown warrior Fisher King he the, has no name the Omega of nothing I love it wrong slide here he is he's doing it. Coming in on his own fight, Roberto da Costa, Mr. Secrets, not called Sunspot, interestingly. Mm. Everybody else is referred to by their mutant name. Core of the Burning Heart. I was I was like, you girl. Oh, my girl and my new favorite mutant family, this Iraqi team up. Mm. Come on, we see this. My father and my sister. Dun, dun, dun. Who could that be? Oh, uh, we'll get to it. Wizkid. Time to talk about brand with cable. Yeah, it's beyond time, it's y'all. It's beyond time. I'm glad that this is seeding the next big threat. Because, yeah, after we get on the other side of Judgment Day, we need something we going on in this book. We need to talk about brand. Because that's the big driver in my mind. Look. I also like this, like, I'm Abigail Brand, and I, I'm just the shell of Abigail Brand because I haven't got my consciousness back yet. And, like, is Xavier really going to give it to me or not? Don't do it, Charles. She's evil. Lotus Logos, the metal vomit guy, the ultimate Magneto compliment for now until, oh man. And then Magneto the King. I am Magneto showing up and stabbing monkeys in the brain with metal vomit. Halfway through the book, we're finally with Magneto for his hour. I got to say, we go into this with this exciting like, yeah, Magneto, he's using his power to keep his blood pumping because he doesn't have a heart but there's this lingering feeling of is he gonna make it through this whole issue it feels really dire it feels like he's struggling because it's very clear that he really doesn't have a backup right like if he dies he's done oh that's even further that's not even in this issue that's not even in the next one that's beyond you know this is can he even stand up for a Rocco, what he is desiring to do for these people? I feel so bad for Zylo, struggling to remember. That's literally his thing. I love, And I love the emphasis on the word team, the realization of what they could learn from Krakoa and their ways and how this is a new 
day for Iraqi customs. Indeed it is. This page. As Sunspot, Fisher King, and a, and a new person that Magneto doesn't know. Who are you? Who are you? Coming in. What's going on here? New friends? Secrets? Sunspot, what do you do? Roberto, so coy about what he's saying. Ah. The night seats. The night seats. What? Tell me more. The best data page. This was a good data page. I could read a whole book on Iraqi lore. <laughs> you love it. I do. I just feel like like separate from the Great Ring, just all of the history of it, all of the customs, all of the... These data pages have been some of the better ones since Hickman introduced. Like mm-hmm. they, It just feels like it adds so much depth and story versus a lot of the other usages of them. More of a gimmick, more right. of like a, hey, well, I'm going to do this as a data page instead. And, okay, so if there was a a novel that was like a prequel to Krakoa that was like a Rocky's, a story of Rocco, you'd read it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I read novels all the time. I would read it too. We get a lot of information. This idea that they are separate from the Great Ring, unbound by its customs. We don't have Omegas on our team they make their own rules at any time whenever they want they were dissolved and erased from history working in the shadows recruiting and building cora is zen's sister both fisher king's children dun 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 how did roberto know like well, how, how he, did he know he's been hanging out at the bars he, i mean him and fisher king like so i mean that you're answering the question we got later on and that was my first thought was that it's because of his connection at the Red Lagoon and just hearing all the bar drunks. Right. And he, I think he also just, he came to Araka wanting more for himself. He was like, I'm going to do it. And then there was, you know, a couple issues back. People, even I think we were talking about why is he talking like he's an Omega when he's not an Omega? Why is he acting so big for his britches? And it's because he figured out this thing. He wanted to find a way to make more for himself, so he did. There was also a point about him being a lot smarter than he lets people know mm-hmm. and him working on things unbeknownst to them. So he's been up to something for a little while now. Yeah. We don't even know how long. Yeah. The night seats. The father figure giving Roberto a wise pep talk in this team meeting. Max is a little upset with his new friend. Hey, you've been working with this student the whole time. I thought we were bros. You've been keeping this whole council thing from me? I thought we were white hair bros. We took off our helmets. I'm no longer a helmet bro. <laughs> we can still be friends though. Shake my hand. Sizia of the smoke. Somewhat of a nightcrawler upgrade with this idea that I can teleport anywhere that I've been or seen. Mm-hmm. Any distance. I, I just, I'll keep on going back to it. This two set in our old ways of fighting. The tides are changing in the Iraqi culture. I like it. Yeah. Just feels like it takes everything that is cool about Iraqo and adds new layers to it. Right. Because they're not completely abandoning their principles. They're just, for the first time in what feels like a long time for Iraqo, they're opening up to new ideas. Right. Oh, is that dang plastic monkey again? Oh, I thought I killed you. They don't die. Ah, this was the reveal. And it plays out over the next couple pages. Korra watching the zombie robots replenish themselves. Euthos, the stone shredder, introduced into death. Richard Ryder calling them evolving as they grow stronger. As Storm and friends team up 
We here. We know where we need to be. I'm going to zap you down, Magneto. Supercharge, Magneto. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, man. This page. I posted this today. This top panel. Yeah, but let's talk about this bottom panel. Yeah, absolutely. What's going on here? It's something more than love. It's something that... Something more than love, but maybe involves some sexual activity. There's, There's some fire between these two. There's something happening here. What kind of sexual activity? I I understand what you're saying in terms of like their eyes and their support and love for each other, or or also just how deeply they're giving of each other. I don't know. I read it and I was like, okay, it's not love. But- oh no, it, it definitely looks, and especially just the way that she's coming up behind him. Like, is Storm pegging Magneto right now? Oh, is- God, don't say that. <laughs> I'm so upset. It's not that I am, you know, dissing that as an act i just i think it's more like a an embrace i don't know i just feel there is a deeper connection between them yeah i mean there should be and they would be a pretty dope power couple that's all i'm saying yeah i agree i think there's a little questionable of just how old magneto is compared to storm but i would overlook it just because he's magneto means nothing in the comics sure Die, monkey, die. We will melt you. It's just the, the Iraqi watch party as they're all like, um, yo, that was pretty dope. We should definitely be listening to them. Yeah, we should do more of that stuff because uh, that was awesome. As the king and queen did not come to make love, they came to make war. Bum, bum. Uh, let's regroup. Let's plan for retaliation and think of what's going to happen to Uranus as this team comes for him. Because we're not waiting around anymore. Oh, it's so great. I love we're it so coming. much. Book of the for week. You. Book of the month. Look at that final page. Look at it. The sun in the background. Yeah. Little Xylo. Little Xylo dog. <laughs> Next, the winning side. Dun, 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 dun. It's the cover of Storm vs. Iska. Oh, no. What will happen? Iska can never lose. She must. Storm cannot be defeated. Well, obviously. What'd you think? Big picture. I very much enjoyed it. I'm not disappointed with what happened. Only that I went into it with this idea of what the hour of Magneto meant. And though I very much appreciate and enjoy that the overarching message of this book was really about that they're better together, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like in the in the course of judgment as a whole, that's something that's going to be, well, <laughs> not really in the favor of anyone being judged because of what happens in the fourth judgment day. But I think that's a really strong message and I really like where that went with the story and it's just a small detail of me being like I thought I was going to get an issue of Magneto being epic and instead I got an issue of the team coming together and it was an epic issue and I loved it but it's just not what I was anticipating the hour of Magneto to be. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I guess I 
wasn't really and even i posted twice of like oh it's the hour of magneto and maybe that was part of that hype of just thinking that this was going to be all magneto all the time and and really what he was was this council of wisdom and collaboration to his team to the team as they're building and then he took down a big plastic monkey yeah right 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 i think since I flipped that page and I saw him standing there and I saw the words, the hour of Magneto begins, I personally have been waiting for it to be a Magneto heavy issue. And I didn't get that. However, I have no complaints about this issue. Right. So. Yeah. I just think each issue is just like, damn. Yeah. Uh, X-Men Red is by far one of my favorite books. I've already read the full series several times over. There's just so much firepower on this team, so much untapped narrative potential in the mm-hmm. Iraqi people, and so much character potential in how slowly they're being developed into this larger tapestry. Everything about it is super exciting. The art is just gorgeous. Yes. There's so much action. There's so much just... And even this one was a little light on action in the sense that we, we really got snippets of... But and it, it still somehow was so epic. Right. Right? So good. Blonde China is obsessed with this week's books and wants to confirm our Korra and Zen sisters. I think the confirmation is yes. I think it's there. I think it's there. This is the new mutant family that we've all been loving. Mm-hmm. I mean, Korra is hands down one of my favorite, if not my favorite Iraqi. So, yeah. yeah. And Weaponless Zen is... Really dope. So cool. And clearly the Fisher King has got a lot more to offer. Comic Extracts wants to know what we think of the Fisher King's family, who he's calling his new favorite mutant family. And honestly, I'm not too far off from that. Yeah, I think they're great. Cora, again, has always been a standout. And Fisher King really stepped up and now connecting them all with Zen and her intense fighting skills. Like, I'm here for it. And I feel like the way that the other Iraqi people uh, treat Fisher King, they knew about him in this role, right? He's been in this role before, maybe, or mm. they value him, and obviously, his daughters are freaking awesome. So I feel like it's whispers, you know. Yeah. It's like people know if they know, they if they've been a part of the culture or if they were around at that time, then they definitely know, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Fisher King's coming. He's gonna he's gonna do what he does best and, mm-hmm. and save us all from certain destruction." Pete Woods 86 wants to know what we think of Roberto getting a seat on the Great Ring. I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's really I cool. I really not like Roberto, and I've completely flipped Whoa. how I feel about him. It's this series, though, right? Yes, it's yeah. X-Men Red. He's like, for me, he has matured. He's grown up, through yeah. Through this series. There's been other times that he has matured, and I feel like he's then gone back. Like, even to watch it happen both by Hickman, like Hickman bringing him on the Avengers really stepped him up. Mm -hmm. But then in that opening new mutants arc, he was like, Oh no, he's still Roberto. Yeah. Yeah. This journey that he's been on here, I feel like him finding his place on this council was him finding his, his purpose in Krakoa, his purpose in this new world. And I think the version of him that I understood before this was that he wanted a purpose so desperately that he was really cocky so that it seemed like he had one. And then he went on this journey to find out what that actually is hmm. and to have it have substance and to have him feel like a real ownership of that and to understand the value in actually having a purpose and the whole fact that his 
council seat was secret, mm-hmm. that he was actually doing something without having the glory of it and having him realize the validation and the strength that gives you of knowing that you're doing something good without having to have the recognition you're doing it for the sake of doing it Mm. i feel like that's what has given him the maturity that he's gotten and that's what makes me respect him more as a character yeah mike loves mariah carey is calling the power couple of the year storm nito yo let's go eric huffman agrees he was expecting more action in this issue but loved the power combo Mm -hmm. he and i agree on this especially where we end up at the end of the next issue don't tease me with the comeback but we'll talk about that soon enough Mm warline calling out that team up storm i know things are rocky between you and t'challa right now so you need to be with someone else but magneto ain't suitable for you girl he's older than your parents i don't care Magneto is like, oh, Magneto is old. What about Charles? He's just as old. Yeah, but Charles isn't with a student. Storm is beyond a student. She's crossed the threshold. She's the freaking region of soul. Yeah, but I think it's just in the, the staging of relative ages. The fact that Magneto is, for however many times he's died and been reborn and de-aged and re-aged, he's still been around as this elder statesman of the group doesn't bother me doesn't I, bother me either that's what I'm, I'm agreeing with you i just yeah. say that he you know it, there are ways that we can make it work even if there are people saying ah i understand where people are coming from doesn't bother me even if we don't de-age him Tally 1026 wants to know if we have any theories as to how sunspot discovered the night seats and I think we talked about this before. My gut says it's got to be through his connections and observations at the Red Lagoon. Yes. You you have that bar. You have the connections. He's a lot smarter than he's putting on. And then Curls is utterly floored by Red. Storytelling is amazing and evokes so much emotion. Yes. Let's go, Curls. I totally agree. Last but not least. <sighs> Judgment Day number four. Oh. And your feelings on this cover, oh, I loved my it. dear. I thought it was great. It's pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was great. I think the the chaos of everyone's faces, the electricness around the progenitor's thumb, it just it feels like we're getting deliverance on the judgment in this, which we spoiler alert do. Spoiler alert. Let's go. Page turn noise. Hey, right into that title page, Judgment Day. Written by Kieran Gillen, art by Valerio Skidi, colors by Marta Gracia, letters Clayton Coles. VCs, Clayton Coles. Lineup pages. So many more characters on this lineup. Just, hey, we got a superhuman bunch. <laughs> I can't believe this crowd turning on Captain America like this. Madness. Like, I get it. Times are dire. The insane death god is out in the clouds shaking his thumb at you but it's 24 hours of sheer chaos this dude with the knife coming at captain america on the next page yeah get out of here mob mentality going crazy i mean maybe some people are resorting to the idea that if they kill the superheroes they'll all survive that's dumb the superheroes are the problem no it's everyone we're all equally important in this story yeah but they don't know that aren't they reading no Neither is Wolverine because he tries to kill the Celestial as well in his story. Hey, we've got a plan for Eros. Broadcast peace and love to the world. Nah, I'm not into it, guys. That's cheating and will fail. Someone, someone's actually learning from issue three. Mm -hmm. 
I just love the note from the progenitor. Yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. He is correct. You would, in fact, fail. Tour de judgment. Tom, I don't feel bad for you. You're kind of a jerk. Oh, Tom. Luke Cage, you failed by not answering the question. Come on, what are you doing? I have to say, through these judgments, I had a hard time confirming the theory that they're based on whether or not someone's living up to their potential or their purpose. Was there anyone in particular that Charles makes you feel Xavier. That? He fails because he's still neglecting his purpose towards his son? Or you know, like he, the fact that, well, I guess it really depends on what his purpose is, right? Mm-hmm. Legion being an Omega level mutant, being this person of instability, instability that should be someone that he makes up for all of the, the lack of involvement that he's had in his life and he has no time for him. Mm-hmm. Did you have a favorite one of these? Doom. Yeah, it's the best judgment of the issue. Honestly, one of the best judgments of the event, the cocky confidence, you judge Doom. He's like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm Doom. I'm going. Goodbye. Eros with the argument and offer to the world leaders. Bold promises and claims promising access to new technology in exchange for goodwill and a paradise. Well, you know, he's been hanging out with Shaw, so he knows how to make a deal. Right. This is the plan. How are you able to speak for everyone? You're not their leader, right? Well, not yet. Not yet. As the Avengers have a druig problem, how do we take care of the druig in the room and get around all of his power? Also, beyond Druig, we have a Uranus problem. A man on the inside, apparently, Iron Man knows Craig of NASA, and he's getting this intel about what happened on Arako. <laughs> Craig. The Unimind selected Druig. That's the only reason that we, we could overturn this rule is to go back into the Unimind and throw him down. But before we get to the Unimind, we're talking about Druig freaking out. He's He's... In his classic corner, going to Uranus for some wisdom. Hey, uh, it just seems to be the eternal way. We, this stuck out to me. We don't have a lot of time. I don't want to. I want to do this, but the fact that we have a time limit of a day feels unnecessary to me. Like we're Eternals, we get ten thousand years to do something. Nope, you got a day. So let me out. Yeah, so let me out. I'm all unimind and murder now. Not letting you out. Or let me eat. Maybe I will. Let me be all murder guy again and go to Earth. Here's my question. The Unimind is supposed to be something for the Eternals. Sure. So just because you can let anybody else into the Unimind by letting all of the mutants in, now we can say they can vote just because. So this is unprecedented. The fact that other people outside of Eternal Society are coming into the Unimind. And the only reason it's happening is the very slight panel of Icarus and Gilgamesh attacking the machine from the inside. Overriding the programming that would otherwise prohibit these telepaths from entering the Unimind. Mm -hmm. So they essentially open up the floodgates for other people to be like, oh, hey, we have access. We can be in here and we get a vote, apparently. Right. And that it was less about like how they got in, because I understood that they overrode that they were in. But it was more like I thought there had to I assumed there had to be some like you're part of eternal society to be able to actually have a vote. Well, that was that's the override. That's the what they broke through it. It's not really (laughs) explained or fleshed out but it's just 
we we broke some switches we pulled some wires and you can now get in and you get a vote too oh man uranus's offer it's like hey you could let me come in i got your back psych now i've been unleashed yeah not cool yeah uh, uh druig i i may have made a mistake uh you definitely made a mistake sir 100 percent mm. We're no time for that right now. We're hailing your arrows, Prime Eternal, as worldwide destruction unleashes. I feel as though also Eros as Prime Eternal might not be a great thing for the long run. He still feels like there's something fishy about him. I mean, he's he's supposedly learned from his ways. You know, we'll he's spent see. spent a lot of time in the exclusion and maybe can use his abilities for positive. He's better than Druig. Oh yeah, for sure. Let's get ready for the next big team up. Hey, Iron Man's coming in with the info. Don't let him Morocco Earth. I need a huge electromagnetic charge. I heard you two can do that. Storm and Magneto coming in with a very similar shot mm -hmm. from X-Men Red. I love Uranus. Like, aren't you dead? How are you still How are alive? How are you still alive? Didn't I rip out your heart? I don't understand. You didn't double tap. <laughs> Sorry. Oh man. This attack, this overload, this this again after so recently doing it. And then another moment where I was like, "Ah, is Magneto dying right now? Is it happening? I'm scared." What are you doing? This is a request by Curls. the details of hey are you gonna reach out to charles nah we good i'm i'm ready to die i can't i'm not we'll unpack it in the questions because we have so many reactions to magneto's final moments or what may be his final moments here he was already on death's door i have straight denial yeah that's no, all i'm I, gonna say i hear that i love the Eternals being like, ah, oh, we can't, we can't kill Uranus for secret reasons, but maybe we'll just put him back in jail. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. As they're judged, Icarus, pure heart for the trouble the Eternals caused the humans. Cersei's still apparently holding out for the old ways of the Eternals and something more. I'm not sure why she's getting thumbs down. Is it maybe because she doesn't want to share the secret doesn't want to it's because she's not wearing a green costume anymore obviously that's, that's not true that's not true you're up eros you're the big guy now make your plea i've spent years wasting my potential but you've woken us all up we can try harder now that we know that we have to tomorrow 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 i promise we'll be better i, I do really love this as a narrative Peace, this idea that like you'll always be better tomorrow. You'll right. always say that you'll do better the next time, but you never do. Right. And 
just the fact that the progenitor calls them all out on this and the slowly unleashing the destruction that comes. I just don't understand how you get out of this. With that last page reveal of the rapture, essentially, Captain America only able to survive by avoiding it with his shield. I don't know, like how, how... Like, there's a celestial, and he said, I'm going to judge you, and if you fail, I'm destroying the world. That's and, it. And, and yeah. then you failed, and now he destroys the world. How does... And and even the people who were not on Earth, who were in Araco, have now come to Earth. Right. How do we get out of this? I don't know. Well, it's it's funny. I've read the preview pages for issue five, and I don't understand how this is all of earth because there are people that are still alive here's my the only thing that thought the only thought that popped in my mind was like is this happening in like a wave and sinister sees it happening and he's like quick take me back to my lab i need to reset the moira timeline sure, right i feel like that's his back pocket plan i don't know what were your big picture thoughts what did you think of the issue I have a, I'm having a hard time with Judgment Day. You have been for a little while. There's things that I like, but I still found the individual judgments to not be as exciting as I wanted them to be. And I don't know. I just, I don't feel, especially when you're going to say at this point where I understand, yeah, okay, the world is being destroyed. That's a big stake. But to know that there's so much of the event after this to me, makes it not feel threatening. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there has to be a way out of it because it's September and this event goes through November. So It goes through October and has an Omega issue right, at the in start November. of November. Okay, but still, there's a whole nother month and a half of issues. So obviously, they don't lose, right, in this instance. And, I mean, big picture, they can't lose because, because they're the Marvel heroes and right, we need more comics. Right, so it just, I don't know... I'm not feeling the threat the way I wanted to feel it, the way that I felt it when it was more just about Druig and what he was doing because that felt like a more tangible rivalry and this feels... They overplayed the hand. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't love it. And I, I there are things I like, the epicness of what happened in X-Men Red. You know, I, I want to know more about why they wanted Sinister and what they needed. For, I mean, I know they wanted him to be able to build the Celestial, but like clearly coming out of this with Sins of Sinister, there's going to be something bigger going on with him. It's just, I don't know. I mean, not every story is for every person, and I just don't feel like Judgment Day is a story overall that pulls my interest. I am starting to feel a little bit like I wish this was over and we could just get back to... yeah. The books as we know them yeah i mean honestly i i am agreeing with you but at the same time i feel like i enjoyed the issue more and am enjoying the event more primarily just because i've been in marvel events before and i feel like as a marvel wide event this is good mm -hmm. for me and i just really like the side stories that we're getting out of it as a whole like this it feels like it, it upped the stakes too high mm -hmm. and we have no way of getting out of this. Like, like it, it, But there has to clearly be a way. Right, right, right. Like when I got to those last pages, I was like, and how do you survive sure. entire world annihilation? You know, the, the 
stakes were upped almost to the point of unbelievability. And, mm-hmm. and sure, I know we're reading superhero right. comics, so everything's relatively unbelievable. But still, you need some kind of check and balance on that. But I do just the the fluidity between the tie-ins, the X-Men Red issue tying into this Mm -hmm. and it's just beautiful and brutal at the same time i really enjoyed the judgments that we got here because of how quick they were and how they gave us little insights into each of these characters you know i don't think that that's the meat and potatoes that's now a side piece that's now like oh okay i'm doing all of these rapid fire to just give you a little bit more context you probably didn't even need those pages Mm -hmm. but it fleshed out how this is affecting other people around the world yeah, I guess I just. And I'm not trying to like convince you to like it. Like no, no, and I know that, and I, I don't feel that. I don't feel that from you. I just am confused because I want to like it. I every time I read it, I'm like, oh, let me go into this with a different like. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna like this one, and I will agree with you that I think that this issue was the best of the four. Yep. Judgment Day issues. I just feel like as a reader, I want to have some ability to theorize where it's going and have some excitement about where it could be going. And when I got to this point in the issue, I was like, where the heck is this even going to go? Like, how are we going to do this? Sure. You know, and like, I like to feel lost and confused to a certain degree, not to this much of a degree. Yeah. Well, I feel like there are people on that same boat. Like wise guy seventy three seventeen oh one is wondering where do we go from here? Right. Four exclamation points. Like, like how do we even go on from here? Right. What's like essentially, the- this is the end of Marvel Comics. There, everyone's dead. Right. Which it Bye. can't be. Which it can't be. And I feel like that's the caveat of knowing an event is that okay, sure, that's the we're two-thirds through the event essentially because we're at issue four of six probably not two-thirds in all the tie-ins but right you're now ready for that twist that's gonna do something else or the fight back or right like you know in an event in a crossover in something that everybody has to be able to go back to doing their thing and, and telling their stories but that doesn't mean that there can't be some sort of effect or ripple that happens out of that but when you get to something that's this intense of a a plot twist essentially it's just hard to see how it comes out of it and it's and it's interesting to think about so the fact that this story was initially a connector between the eternal story that kieran was doing and the x-men story that he started to do with immortal Mm x-men it was then just asked of him by marvel hey do you have anything for like a big event he was like, oh, I mean, I got this thing that I've been cooking up with these two sides, but that it was just them. And, he was, and they basically elevated it to a Marvel wide. Right. Like if it just took place between the Eternals and the X-Men, I think you would have felt exactly what you were saying, that that Druig threat, the really it only affecting the mutants potentially. Right. Right. It more being about excess deviation and, and where the mutants are going and and. Because I feel like that we haven't really even talked about is like how are the mutants deviants? I mean, I, I mean, mean yes, they are because they are because the gates and, right. Hmm. Wise guy also wanted to know what exactly 
is the criteria for judgment. It feels a little inconsistent. I agree. It does. I mean, and I don't know if that's just part of the the interpretation, you know, like how he's a God, right? And what you see in your guidance from God is entirely up to you and how you live your life and uh, and how you make it your own. Is that potentially relative to this? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I thought we had figured it out or at least had a had a reasoning that made sense to us when we were discussing the last round of Judgment Day books. But I don't know, this this series of judgments made me question that a little bit. And, you know, Charles is the one that, as I was going through and reading, Charles is the one that kind of stuck out in my mind, but I also don't really remember all of them that distinctly because I don't care to pay that much attention to them if I'm being completely honest. Like I get to these pages and I just kind of skim through because I'm like, all right, he's thumbs upping and thumbs downing these individual people. But in the end, it's not really going to matter because he's going to make a judgment based on everything overall. Yeah. And it feels like a lot of that. Like I kind of had a I kind of had a sense that they were I was like, there's no way they're going to pass because it feels like he fails almost everyone. Very few people pass his judgment or he passes over them, so there's no hope for them. Sure, I I feel like I you know I I read through all of these judgments and I liked them for the character moments that they were, even if it wasn't every single one that resonated with me. There were a couple, and we have a question later on about like what were our favorites or what stuck out, but I just feel like. Some of them really do still make sense to me. The fact that Kamala Khan is not tempted by this ability to leave the people behind. And, and she's like, all right, no, what, what have you done with Carol? Mm-hmm. And the fact that she like hulks out. The, Miles Morales coming to him as he's defeat, like just continuing to fight the good fight and, and web up bad guys. Uh, Charles, I mean, I knew he was going to fail. I feel like we've known he was going to fail for months before this event even started and his dismissal of his child who is this unstable force asking him for help and the fact that he's just too busy to even consider it that's a fail that's a clear fail of living up to his potential especially knowing that you know you have the the father son element but the omega level resource element that they they valued as the best thing on Krakoa the thing that they have to protect and cultivate but he has no care for this person that is his son Hmm. I mean, I read them. I, I I didn't like not read them. I read each and every one, but I didn't commit their answers to memory. I wasn't. I I couldn't go back and look at this and go this. Just point to them and go. Oh yeah, that person passed and that person failed. And like some of them were even a little unclear to me. Like I remember Kamala's. I remember um, Charles's. I remembered Luke Cage's. I remember dooms. But also to your point, like it, it's not, it's not critical to the narrative, right? right. They're character moments. It's, it's like, all right, this is the big event book. We got to check in across the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. You know, is this really going to shift one way or the other, the larger story? I don't, I don't think so. It's just going to give you a little bit of, it's, it's like, instead of doing a Luke Cage tie-in issue, we get a panel of what happens to Luke Cage. Right. That makes sense. I think, you know, similarly to 
how when we read Midnight Suns, I was like, oh my God, I love this just because this is a story that I feel I can really get into. And you were like, uh, it wasn't really for me. Like, that's kind of how I feel about Judgment Day. It's not necessarily anything that the story is doing wrong. It's just not a story that I feel excited about. Yeah. And because it's not a story that I feel excited about, but it's so tied into everything that we read, it it annoys me a little. And then I have this like, I go into it and I'm like, all right, let me just read this next Judgment Day issue. And it just doesn't, it's not really doing it for me. Hmm. There are issues that do, that do, like X-Men Red and the second half of this issue I liked. But overall, I just don't really care for the storyline. And that's just unfortunate. Warline wants to know if we think Sinister did something while creating the Celestial to benefit himself. He experienced Judgment Day before and knew it was coming. Hmm. I can only imagine, right? I mean, I wouldn't put it past Sinister to do something like that. It's what we were talking about with the last issue, that he has to have an ace up his sleeve. I would be surprised if this isn't what leads to him getting the future that he wants, right? Right, and I do feel like it's been seeded a little bit that Sinister is going to play a bigger role than this than might meet the eye. Like, I feel like he's got... Very downplayed. He's got something going on. Like, he always seems to kind of be in the background of everyone's conversations. Making smirks and jokes, yeah. Yeah, like, there's something going on there for him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he added some kind of fail-safe... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I feel like it has to be there. In the same way that Uranus had to get out, Sinister has to have a big reveal later on, especially with it being led by Kieran. I mean, do you think that, like, Uranus is going to do something to take down the Celestial? No. I feel like Uranus may be done at this point. Mm-hmm. He's also calling Uranus's death as good yet weirdly underwhelming. He didn't die in a lame way like overpowered characters, but he was defeated quickly. I don't think he died, right? I thought he died. I thought Magneto killed him. No, I don't know. I didn't. Especially when we were talking about it after, it seemed like you didn't think that. So I was like, well, that's probably one of those things I assumed incorrectly. From the exchange between Icarus and Cersei, Uranus is back in his cell, telekinetically reassembling himself. So I guess he died in the sense that he was. Oh, right. Because they did say we couldn't kill him because then we'd have to. We'd we'd essentially kill a human. Right. So he was maybe destroyed but didn't die i don't know he was taken down like it is a little anticlimactic to be like oops i let him out of his cell okay he's back in yeah well and especially how quickly it happened literally like one page yeah curl said that judgment day took her by surprise because we've been in anticipation mode for so long what can come next i don't know girl i don't know they've got to have some way to undo it bring a moira in here and like Try not to mess it up too bad. I think maybe that's what it is. I think it is frustrating me. You know that like time travel situation, like where oh. it's like, oh, we're gonna reset it, and then none of this ever happened. Oh, it's we're like, going back to the beginning of season four of Flash. Yeah. We're just we're just oh, resetting the we just story. Reset the timeline is like the only way to save the situation is to go back and reset it. Yeah. All right. Now get ready for the marathon of Magneto. This is the hour of Magneto. Okay. Pete Woods, eighty-six, cutting right to the chase. Is Magneto dead after Judgment Day four? I don't know. I don't think I, so. I don't think he's dead for good. Slash, I don't think he won't come back, but I think he's dead right here. In this issue, I think he's dying. The tears on his face, the joy in his eyes, the fact that he sees the person that he thought was long lost, the crying on Storm, like the fact that he doesn't try to reach out to Charles, it, the 
narrative is leading you to believe that he dies. Who's the one he thought he lost? Probably his wife or his daughter. Probably Anya, who they talked about in X-Men Red, where he started crying all over that when he was talking about it with Fisher King. Yeah, I mean, the way that the Celestial says who could still save him and then he doesn't call out to him. So it's like, well, if he doesn't do what he needs to do to be saved, then he must be dead. Yeah. I think at the end of this issue, he's dead. And then whatever happens next issue or whatever happens. It doesn't matter. Right. That, that could undo that could rewrite. That's all about the creativity of the writer and what the story that they want to tell next is, but it feels like he's dead. I think I just, I'm in denial because there's no backup. So. Sure. But I'm Red X Baby is calling out Charles. He has a secret backup of Eric. I know he does all caps. I feel like he has to or something like that. Like just that as an idea. Yeah. Is yeah a way. Of course he does. He's Charles. He doesn't care what anyone else wants. He only wants what he wants. BMCG2 said he can't be dead. You know, Charles sensed that. The only thing that makes me question it is the dialogue that he refused to reach out to Charles in his final moments. Like, yeah, Charles sensed. Zandra from across space and time, but she's also a telepath and also, was able to. And we and, just saw Charles dismiss Legion because he's too busy. Sure. He's focused on something else. So he's kind of distracted. Right. Eric Huffman also wants to know what happens now for Magneto. Waiting room only way for him as the backup? Praise Mags. You know? Yeah. He, Do you think the if it was a waiting room situation, do you think the people of Araco would be inclined to have him come back and not be so stuck in there? I think, you know, I think no, the, I, no rebirth. I think the way that he's got the sway of the great ring at this point mm-hmm. and just what he's done. Yeah. I think that that it is easily a part of the conversation other than that. I mean, even if it's not, he's just got to kill somebody and get back on like right. who I got to kill. Well, less about, whether how he gets back on the council or the great ring and more like they don't believe in resurrection. Sure. But would they change would would the you know broken shift laws. in their ideals broken laws in the broken land, right? It, it feels like they're rewriting the script. Right. Pikachu threw out the idea that he could get otherworld resurrected somehow and he also agrees with BMCG2 that Charles isn't going to let him die, right? Well, I'm not going to let him die, so... Sure. <laughs> Pikachu also wants to know who our favorite judgment is so far. So far? Of all the judgments? Yeah. I think Doom stands out in my mind just because of how fresh it was and how funny it was and, and just how Doom it was. Yes. Destiny was really interesting on a story level. And Daredevil's oddly hit me emotionally. Just the way that the celestial calls out like i i look at this man with such deep morals who breaks his moral code and i tell him that he's failed and he he like is sad and almost crying i know as he goes on and continues fighting because mm-hmm. he, he's not living up to what he should be but he's still trying mm. uh, it just it hit me in a way that i wasn't expecting i mean shaw's judgment is one of my favorites that's true yeah i love that Baku Blade is going in the other direction in hopes that Magneto's death is actually honored for the rest of the Krakoan era. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I respect it. I don't know if I can handle it. Sure, sure. Remspringer wants Magneto to get a reign of era after his death like Logan and Superman got. 
I mean, we'll always take more Magneto, even if it has to be an alternate universe version, or I guess his daughter taking up the mantle. Even as I say that, I hate it. So just bring back Magneto. <laughs> like, uh, I'm not okay. You know, like, Polaris, Polaris is cool, but she's nowhere near as cool as Laura. And I don't need her to be going by Magneto right now. I don't need old man Magneto to come from another timeline. No. But I would love a reign of Magneto era I mean, it's it's such a difficult thing, right? Because there are so many amazing epic characters, but it's just that my brain, like, if they were to say Magneto is dead and they do honor it going forward, I don't feel like I would be like, oh my God, I can't read X-Men comics anymore. Everything is lacking. The world can't, can't go on because there are plenty of issues that he's not in that I sure. love. But I don't. I just don't know of a single X-Men character with the caliber and weight of a character like Magneto that has just disappeared. That's like, yeah, he's just going to be dead now. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, but few characters have the right. weight of Magneto, right? I'd that's say Wolverine is comparable. And I feel like that's what Rem Spring is getting to the point of is that even when he died, he really, like we well, we found. How long was Wolverine quote unquote dead for i mean which time do you want to talk about but <laughs> like how long was the max a couple years year or two basically how long krakoa might have left i don't oh, know Oh god i'm not ready for that too much sadness that's all we got for questions Oof. this has been like the longest episode ever well you know we had like essentially six comics to talk about right i probably would have broken this up into two but at the same time i think it's good to try like do you Tell us, would you rather it be two episodes? Yeah, let us know. Or are you down with the, hey, I'm just going to listen to it in chunks? Because the the uh, length of the episode, the weight of what we needed to talk about is the reason that we needed an extra day to prepare. Right. So, you know. Splitting that up makes it a lot easier. Right. But also we're doing something next Tuesday that we're not yet announcing. Oh, my God. Stay tuned. It's going to be epic. Speaking of next week. What do we got? Judgment Day number five. Ay, 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 caramba. Exterminators number one. Yes. Very oh excited about God, that. Yes. New Mutants number 30. Okay. X-Men Green number two, the print edition. Okay. X-Men Legends number two. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> Collective meh. And a double tie-in with Avengers 60 and Fantastic Four number 47. So three Judgment Days. Yeah. Honestly... There's there's like four I'm looking at that we're not going page by page. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. X-Men Green, X-Men Legends. Avengers and Fantastic Four, even if we buy them. <laughs> yeah, just going to be quick little boop, 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 boop. This is what happened. This is what you need to know. This is the key points. That's all. Well, oh man, it hurts to say this. It does. Until next time, old friend. I can't say Charles because No, I'm we're dead. not calling he's, out he's to dead. Charles, and we also don't call out for him right now. So Magneto. <laughs> Storm. Cora. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 